neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia fought last night. Uh, excellent fight. One of the rare um, instances in which two boxing superstars fight each other in their prime. You know, and uh, it was a great matchup. Um, just as I had predicted, Javante won the fight. His, uh, you could tell that Ryan was fast, and Ryan hit. You know, he popped decent. But Gervonta just has that stupid, stupefying power in his punches. And, uh, you know, in the second round, Ryan was, see, Ryan won the first round barely, but just a little bit, jabs, moving a little bit, a lot of movement in that first round. And then that second round, Ryan just came at him hard, and, and Tank looked in trouble. However, Tank was very calm underneath all of the, uh, you know, he kept his composure and he weathered the storm very well. And I did a watch along last night and, uh, I might have to go through it and see which one of these I want to use. But, uh, my, I bought these new microphones and I was wanting to see how they would work. So we did a watch along last night with those. And, um, they weren't that great. Honestly, the quality wasn't that great. So, you know, I'm just going to have to do a little bit of looking around and figuring out. Um, I wish, you know, hopefully I can't pass or post the uh, watch along. That'd be great because I watched it along with Taylor and uh, it was awesome. Um, but anyways, I had called it in the in the middle of that round was that, you know, uh, Garcia has to be careful coming in like that and just rushing in, throwing these hooks. And that's the thing is like, Tank Davis, you know, for this whole camp, was blocking on how to take away that left hook, and he did it phenomenally. Yes, a few left hooks caught him, but the ones where Ryan was really selling those things and trying to land them, Tank would get underneath, and then you could obviously see that Ryan was overshooting because he was trying so hard. And he was throwing that left hook so often and then so hard, he was off balance when he would miss. And uh, that's what happened the first knockdown. He threw a left hook, and Tank dipped underneath it and threw an overhand left because Tank is a southpaw. And uh, when he did that, uh, it hit Ryan Garcia right flush on the mouth and nose area and floored him. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, I had just called that and just said, hey, you know, like, coming in there, guns a-blazing, hands down, chin up, it's not that smart to do. And I take that as even though Ryan is only only four years younger than Tank, and everybody, you know, there was a lot of like talk in this uh, lead up to this match about you know experience and et cetera. But to me, it does show a little bit of Ryan's inexperience, and I don't think so much about the age, but definitely about the caliber of fighters that Tank's been fighting and that Ryan's been fighting. And not that Ryan's been fighting all slouches, but Tank's been fighting world champions. He's been fighting guys that give him all sorts of different puzzles in which he has to read, and then he'll react later on in the fight and knock him out. And I did predict that Tank Davis would win by knockout, and I predicted it would be in the later rounds. So seventh round is more of a mid-middle rounds, but, you know, I really, uh, I really saw it coming. I didn't necessarily see a body shot coming. 
you know, body shots are always so satisfying because, like, it's just, uh, technically, body shots are something that you're supposed to be able to, no matter what, take. And uh, one thing I was telling Taylor last night, because she said, wow, it doesn't even look like it hit that hard. And it doesn't. But the fact that King Ryan has, like, what, 2% body fat? And when Tank hit him, you could see his whole body ripple. That's how you know that was a hard-ass punch. Knuckles right to the floating rib, uh, right to the liver in that area. And, uh, uh, you know, people who don't understand fighting and people who don't understand boxing in general, they always want to, like, scream about the fix being in. Oh, that punch didn't take his head off and there's no blood everywhere, so it must not have been a hard punch. <clears throat> but that's not the case. A lot of times, those punches with that deep thud, you don't hear the, right? You hear the slaps. You hear the, you hear the leather hitting their face. Or in bare knuckle, you hear the bone hitting their face. But you don't, you know, it, the, that thud, that thump, when it's hit to the body, I mean, those are hard punches. Not only that, that was a left hook from Tank to the body, which is his power hand because him being a southpaw. And again, he did it very similar. Ryan had thrown a left hook, and Tank had crouched and was in a crouching position, and Ryan was kind of hovered over the top of him. And when they separated, he threw that right hook to the body. And that right hook, or left hook to the body, excuse me. And when that left hook went, it went right underneath the elbow, the right elbow of Ryan Garcia. And uh, really, that was all she wrote. The middle rounds in between the second round, which was far most the exciting round, and then the seventh round in which the stoppage did occur, uh, it was a lot of puzzle fighting. The third round, they came out, they were both super flat-footed. Now, to be fair, Tank's not always on his feet propping around. He does get down and sink into his, you know, get a little flat-footed sometimes, and that's where all his power comes from. But... Yeah, even Ryan Garcia was just flat-footed in front of him after getting knocked down. Um, that's why people don't understand either. Oh, you know, whatever, he just got knocked down, get up. That shit affects you. You know, especially like in a fight, you don't have the outside perspective that we have of watching from the spectator's point of view. So now you get dropped by something, you don't necessarily know what it is, especially for that round. You might not know, like, oh, shit, I'm on the floor. What happened? Like, how did he... Damn, I got to get up and, and figure it out. But now you don't really know. I mean, so. And he was very much more cautious the last few rounds. And uh, he tried to open up in the seventh round. That's what I think it was. I think he just tried to open up more, try to mount some more offense. Because after that, he lost. He won the first round, and then he lost all the way, every round until the sixth round. I think he won the sixth. And, uh, so, you know, he was losing bad. He needed, needed to get something going. And, uh, yeah, so ended up being his, uh, the downfall. And, but, you know, the dude's 24. He's got one loss to like the superstar of boxing. So, you know, the kid's future's still bright and they'll definitely fight again later on down the road. Uh, as for Tank, like, you know, the man... The dude is a goon. 28 and 0 now, or 29 and 0 now. Yeah, 29 and 0 with 27 knockouts. It's fucking crazy. 
Those are Deontay Wilder numbers at lightweight. Uh, I mean, that's insane. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the UFC fights yesterday because uh, me and me and my beautiful fiance went uh, thrift shopping and spent some time together. It's been a lot of events going on every week and work and training myself and all these different things that uh, when we get an opportunity to spend some time together, you know, we do. And yes, we do watch all the fights together and stuff like that, but it's, it's a little different. It's different than being able to go out, enjoy yourself and walk around and have some fun. So we were able to do that. So I missed almost all of the undercard. Um, I missed the Bobby Green no contest where he knocked the dude out with a headbutt, basically. And, uh, which sucks because I like Bobby Green and I was hoping Bobby Green would get the big, the big W, but not a big deal. Um, they'll end up fighting it again. I'm sure, you know, accidental headbutts are a thing, especially in opposite stances, everybody leading with their head, especially when you're a taller guy against an opposite stance. So, um, Curtis blades dropped the ball again. I say that just because I watched him fight so much and every time he has a big fight, title contention, anything like that, he drops, he drops the ball. And, uh, so that sucks for him. Um, not really interested in that fight anyways, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, he, Curtis came out, couldn't really do nothing from everything that I saw, couldn't mount any real offense. Uh, <clears throat> this, this guy, uh, is he Russian? I believe he's, He's uh, starting to, you know, have his head above the grass and the rest of the crowd there at heavyweight. He's starting to get looked at. And, uh, you know, he could be a threat to John Jones in the minor things. But the reality is, is I think John Jones fights Stipe. He beats Stipe. He retires. And Stipe retires. And then you kind of have a toss-up up to what's going to happen next. I think they should do a UFC heavyweight tournament. Um you know, and uh, just your top, you do a bracket of four, and so your top eight guys have a fight, one and eight, two and seven, you know, three and six, and then four and five, and uh, let them all fight, and then, you know, just match up accordingly. And honestly, they need to do it the way they did it that one time back in, like, 09, I think it was, 2010, they did a heavyweight-only main card. Uh, which is actually pretty cool, and they, they should do that. They should do a four-fight main card uh, with a. They should do like a four-fight like they should do like a uh, a headliner, right? And and they should have like some world championship fight to sell the fight, but then on the undercard have four more fights that are heavyweight, you know, tournament. And uh, I think that'd be cool. Not that I'm a matchmaker or anything. Uh, bare knuckle boxing. It had a couple. Uh, it had two events this weekend. It had one yesterday and then one Friday. Pulling some old UFC tricks. Having a Friday night show and a Saturday night show. You know, BKFC is one of those things that, like, honestly, as much as I love fighting, and I do like watching some BKFC fights, I'll definitely be watching next weekend when Mike Perry knocks out Rockhold because we already know that's how that's going to happen. Um, and then Chad Mendez fight Eddie Alvarez. Man, I think Chad Mendez knocks out Eddie Alvarez. However, um, yeah, so 
that being said, um, I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like, uh, bare knuckle is one of those things that are kind of hard to watch sometimes just because sometimes it's fun, but then other times it's like, man, the fights are ending so quick. It's hard to get invested. The fight can be good. And then it ends because of a cut. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting thing. Usually it's not my first choice to watch. Not anything other than just, I don't know, man, it just is it's growing on me, but you know, I prefer to watch boxing or MMA over that. I know it's weird. Shit, I'll fight bare knuckle all day. It's just it's just one of those things I prefer to watch. I'll play football and I like to watch football, you know, but uh you know, or, or like uh, basketball. I like watching basketball, but I'm going to pick football over basketball. You know, like it's not something I'm not going to get on and I'm not going to see the UFC on and bare knuckle fighting and go, well, I'm going to watch bare knuckle. No, nah, I'll probably just watch the clips, watch the highlights or something like that. Um, But yeah, they had some good, they had some decent fights. Uh, the main event of yesterday's went all five rounds, which is, man, I'm telling you right now, was pretty rare in that sport. Speaking of bare knuckle, though, uh, Game Bread Promotions, Game Bread Fighting Championships, reached out to me about two weeks ago and uh, about a week ago and wanted to wanted to match me up for their upcoming bare knuckle MMA card. And I was like, "Oh, really?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna pay you X amount of dollars." And I was like, uh, "Send me the contract." You know, and I was excited, man. Um, Dean Tool, Jorge Masvidal, and that whole that whole area, that whole company, they're doing some big things and getting these fighters paid. The payouts for game bread boxing were outrageous, and you know the payouts for this uh, game bread bare knuckle MMA were outrageous, and uh, that's awesome. I like to see that. I like to see the sport going in the direction of paying these fighters some money and it's hard because it's an entertainment business and you don't you can't pay your fighters a total purse everybody on the card a million dollars and then only make five hundred thousand because now you're losing five hundred thousand dollars so everybody's talking about like pay the fighters more pay the fighters more pay the fighters more but then go around and get the illegal stream because why the fuck am i paying eighty dollars for a pay-per-view because the fighters get that money you know, if you get a million people buying a pay-per-view at $80 a pop, that is split. Yes, Dana gets some of that, but yes, so do the cameramen. Yes, so do the commentators. Like, that's how they get paid. When my boss, I work in plumbing, so when my boss has a job, you know, and and uh, I have to go to a house and do a job, they pay my boss, and then he pays me out of that money. Not directly, not right there when it's done. I get a regular paycheck every week, just like anybody else that goes into a job. But the funds from that paycheck come from these jobs that are being done. The purchases, the homeowner that needs his water heater done, you know, when he pays me that money and gives me that check and I go and I turn it into the office, the office turns it in and puts it into an account. That account then is divvied up and is paid in partial of that money. Whether it be $1 from that particular job goes into my checking account. Or goes towards my check. I'm, you know, so like it's the same with the UFC. For if you're illegally streaming these these pay per views, hey, do you? 
but don't complain about fighter pay because you don't give a fuck about fighter pay. Because if you did, then you wouldn't be illegally streaming them. You'd be putting money in their pockets. I don't have the 80 to $90 to do it necessarily, but it's just one of those things that as a fighter and I'm complaining about fighter pay, or you know, I really don't, to be honest, because we're all grown adults. And we're all grown-ass men, women, and if we want to fight, then we're going to fight. And to me, the fighter pay thing, like, really the only time I've ever been like, I want to get paid money to fight that is bare knuckle, just because the cost for stitches and, you know, all the different things, like all the different costs that you have after the fact, even if you win a fight. So, you know, it'll, it's just one of those things, man, that uh, is interesting so they, they, they called me up. They wanted to match me up. I was super stoked. And they uh, had said yes. But unfortunately, my opponent had uh, other obligations elsewhere. The idea, the opponent they had in mind for me. So it didn't materialize, which is sad, but it's okay. Those things happen. There will be more fights. But on the flip side of that, uh, MMA local Dylan Bad Boy Kleckler fresh off his first round knockout of Josh Trashmouth Burns. Um, he will be fighting in the main event of that GFC, the Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. He'll be the main event, and he will be fighting Roy Big Country Nelson. Uh, that fight is going to be a banger, dude. Um, biggest fight Dylan's ever had. You know, Roy's known for taking punishment and then his insane overhand right. And I think that uh, that's going to be a very intriguing matchup. You know, Dylan hits stupid hard. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And, you know, Roy's chin got cracked a few times now since he's gotten older. So this is the best opportunity for Dylan to fight him. And uh, I think Dylan hits him with a couple of them meat hooks and splits him wide open. It's it's going to be a long night for Roy, or maybe even a short night for Roy. But uh, yeah, man, big country versus bad boy. That's a that's a great one. I'm very excited. Two of the most contrasting body styles to ever fight in MMA. You got Dylan, who looks like he's made of marble, and then you got Roy, who looks like he's made of play-doh. So it's uh be interesting. It'll be interesting. Roy's got over 50 fights. You know anybody that doesn't remember him in the UFC. He was uh, he was an ultimate fighter winner of the season of the heavyweights, and then he uh, you know, he went on to be one of the most exciting guys to watch fight. He would just take ungodly punishment and keep walking forward, and you know, he had this this overhand right that if it connected, it knocked you the fuck out. So those things are good, man, and that's a good matchup. Uh, the guy uh, Marcus Perez, he was Marcus the Joker Perez. He fought. Uh, Joe Riggs, April 1st in Milwaukee boxing uh, for Game Bread Boxing. And uh, he's fighting a former PFL light heavyweight champion in bare knuckle MMA. So there's no telling what these guys are getting paid. Because I know what they offered me. And I know these guys are more experienced and heavy hitters and tougher. You know, I wouldn't say tougher matchups. The guy I got offered was a tough ass matchup. But, um, you know, so. It's exciting. It's a very exciting situation, and uh, I'm really excited for what Dylan's going to do. Um, 
But yeah, so, and then of course, you know, real quick, we'll brush over Max Holloway. You know, he beat up Arnold Allen last week. I kind of saw that coming. I kind of knew that was going to be that way. Didn't really cover it last week because, I mean, what's the point? We we already know Max looked like Max. He did look a little different, but not much. I mean, Max looked like Max. And Arnold Allen did very good. He showed that, hey, you know, I can compete with these upper echelon fighters. I've just got to be able to bring that shit quicker. You know, I've got to be able to do it faster and uh, not start so slow. Had he done that in the third, fourth, and fifth round, then he might have been able to win. You know, put some pressure on Max, but too little, too late. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. You've been in the neutral corner with RJ Summerlin. Give me a like, a subscribe, a follow, a listen on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. That is in the neutral corner. Thank you guys so much. Godspeed.